You're listening to the Scuba Path Podcast with your host, Christian Chu. Get ready to dive in with our guests as we discover how they became a professional in the dive industry. We'll hear all about when they decided to take the plunge and follow their passion towards their goal of becoming a professional in the dive industry. Let's hear what was holding them back, how they overcame any obstacles, and what insights and advice they may have for you. The pool's open. Let's dive in and meet today's guest. Welcome to the Scuba Path Podcast. Today we've got Anders Broden with us, and uh, I'm sure I didn't pronounce that correctly, but we'll let him correct us. He's with a company called Aquary, or Queer Aquary, excuse me. They are in Sweden, and they've developed an amazing smart console, which will replace your dive computer in the future, which we will let him tell us all about because I'm definitely anxious to hear about uh, of all the advancements that he's made and, and their company with this product that's coming out very soon. And we'll get a lot of information about that. But we also want to hear you know, his journey, as we always do, how he got started scuba diving and, and where it has led him to create this company. And so we just want to welcome you to the show and thank you for taking your time with us today and sharing your journey and sharing what you've got going on. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So, uh, so let's s- start with uh, just just a brief intro. Just give us some information about yourself and, and who you are, where you are, and uh, sort of what you've got going on presently. And uh, you know, we'll go back and dive into the details more and find out more as we go along. Okay. So, um, in Swedish, my name is Anders Brodin, which is difficult to, to pronounce for you. I'm fully aware of that. Um, we're a company located out of Linköping, which is uh, about two hours' drive south of Stockholm in Sweden. Um, personally, I've been uh, a diver since the 80s, which is revealing my age a bit. Uh, I'm also a master of science in, in computer science and, and had up until a, a few years ago, I was active working with medical IT instead. And, Decided to do a career change and, and start this company. So when when you first started scuba diving, were you already in uh, this engineering IT world? Not really. I, I mean, I've, I've always been sort of a techie. Yeah. So I've always been interested. But this was before, even when I was back in school, I started diving. So I, I, I grew up watching uh, the, the Cousteau shows and Flipper and all of those on TV. And, and has always been drawn to the sea and both uh, sailing and, and of course, uh, scuba diving is just a natural way to go. It's amazing to me how much of those shows influence people. I have so many guests that I speak with that, you know, watch Sea Watch and the Cousteau shows and, and all those things. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it really had such an impact. And, I, you know, I hope that we have more things like that, entertainment you know, options like that today that'll that'll influence people in the future because it's just it's such a great thing. It's so important to get involved in. Yeah, I mean, you can't really imagine what's beneath the surface until someone takes you there and shows it. So they they were a great inspiration, seeing what you could do and the, the life they lived and the, the relaxed way of going, just going down and seeing what's happening underneath. It's uh, that was a big inspiration. So, so tell us about when you really when you first started diving. What was that like? <laughs> Uh, that's 
I mean, I've, I've always been, um, I've always been snorkeling and diving in pools and lakes and so on. It's in, in I actually, I, I partly grew up uh, in Sweden and partly my, my parents were with industrial aid. So I was, I spent a few years in, in countries like Pakistan and uh, Zambia and so on when they were, they were helping to, to build up schools and stuff. So I, I spent a lot of my youth in, in pools in various countries. Always swimming, but then when I finally got old enough to to do my license, which at at that point it was still called the the Scandinavian scuba license, something uh, later it turned into CMOS. But at that point you had to be fifteen, I think, to to start, and I think I was seventeen before I had the chance to to go there and, and start diving. And it, I, I still remember the first time you, you got up the gear and jumped into the pool and, and could breathe underwater. That's, I guess most divers remember the first, first time you just realized that you could breathe and everything is just working. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things in the world is just to share that with other people. And when you get in the pool, you know, during class and you see their eyes just yeah. kind of light up and you're like, whoa, you know, you kind of feel, have that same feeling all over again with, right with them. And, uh, so I love yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a moment. If you like it, you remember it forever because that's hard to beat. Um, so, I mean, I, at, at that point, I think the course was actually half a year long and we did. So we, we covered like, uh, um, I think it would be advanced and a bit above that in, in, in a single course. There was two sessions, one theory session and one practical sessions. Uh, a week for for six months quite quite intense yeah the training used to be a lot more extensive than it is now yeah uh, of course uh that that falls right into you know things like what you're doing to make diving so much easier now than it used to be yeah and i mean i'm i'm actually a big fan of the having things easier to to come by and 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 the gears are so much safer and and more trustworthy now so it's uh, I mean, I, actually, when I started diving, we didn't even have the gauges. So you would, you would have a safety valve that when you had 50 bars left in your tank, it would stop giving you air until you open a safety valve. And then you would get the air back and you would know that it's time to get up. Wow. I didn't realize that. <laughs> so, that's, that's pretty interesting. So, so I'm, I'm well aware of the, the feeling when you run out of air. But at that time, that would, wouldn't be an alarming thing. You know, you had yourself safety valves. Uh, but I'm glad I don't have those anymore because, I mean, if you, what, the worst thing that would happen is that you would fill the tank uh, and forget to close the safety valve. So you'd, when you run out of air, you actually had, were out of air. That would be bad. That's definitely, definitely important then, uh, back then for, for the, uh, the, the pre-dive check. <laughs> So what I uh, and now I, I mean I'm, I'm married since many years and I have uh, three kids. Uh, the youngest ones are uh, well, the youngest one is uh, 15 now, and then one 18 and one 21. So all of them have become divers. My my wife hasn't yet. That's uh, still a struggle for me. Um, but when I was diving with the the two youngest one, when they took their paddy open water, I I. I realized that all the dives I did with them were more of a, I, mean, I was totally focused on making sure that they remembered to check their, their air levels that they kept in, in sight of me and so on. So I, I really wasn't enjoying those dives as much as I could. 
I know what you mean. I have uh, my son is 12 now and he was certified when he's 10. And I've, you know, always when I'm in the water, I'm always probably a little more protective of people than I should be. And I'm like going up and checking on people and checking their ear, air if they're not look, paying attention to it and that sort of thing. And with Kit, your your own children, you know, you're right. You, you spend so much time worrying about those other divers um, that that you do. You sort of uh, you, you forget that, you know, you're supposed to be down there enjoying it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so uh, being a, a techie, I started when I when I got out of the water, I started thinking about if I mean, this there's got to be a better way to to know that they're closed, to know that they have air left and so on. So I, I started searching the, the web and discussing with the peers and and thinking, trying to figure out a way to to send information in an efficient way underwater. Uh, one, one of the big hassles is that radio that we use in the cell phones and stuff is it, really not working underwater. You get like, uh, well, a meter of a range or something. Uh, they, well, if you, the, um, the tank meters you have on your uh, uh, your dive computers, some of them uses some sort of radio, and you know the reach. I mean, if you stretch your arm out as much as you can, you may actually lose the signal from the, the transmitter. The, the air-integrated uh, computers yeah. you're talking about, yeah. So so then uh, we landed on, or I landed on, uh, a solution based on ultrasonic sound. Uh, uh, and there, there were some commercial versions of, uh, of modems that I guess researchers use to to capture data from various research equipments, but all of those are the bulky and and extremely expensive. Actually, well, of course that you need to leave them underwater for for a year or something. So it's, of course it, there's some requirements on them. So we, I I did some initial tests. I did some the first prototypes and and uh, at at that point, I was actually uh, vice president of a big company here with responsibility for sales in, in Scandinavia for medical equipment. But I uh, came to a point where, where um, I, I had a fair, uh, a, a good indication that the patents would go through and, and that it was actually would work. So I decided to, to jump that uh, and follow my dream and start a company and work full time with scuba instead. Congratulations. I mean, that's that's a huge leap when you're in the corporate world to go, I got to do something on my own. But I think so many people, you've got that tug, you know, and it's just, I just don't think that many people take the leap, you know, so congratulations. No, uh, no, I'm, I think I'm, I mean, it's so easy to just continue and you, you, you know that you should do something, but then uh, I, I came to a point that my, my, actually when my older son, eldest son left home and, uh, and my wife got a big promotion and, and so on. It came to a point where we actually know that, okay, we would, even if I failed this, the worst thing that would happen is that I could spend some time looking for a new job. So this is, it's now or never. Yeah, I think that's a great point too, because a lot of times, you know, you think about uh, what if I do this and what if I do that and what could happen. And then and the reality in most of those situations is, you know, you got to where you are today. You could do it again if you have to, you know, so I love that. Um, so I spent uh, uh, half a year doing prototypes, doing some initial market research and 
And by end of that, uh, after that half year, I had a nice business plan that would, uh, and then, and then outline of how the technology would work. And I managed to convince uh, the the local, uh, well, it's actually government-owned uh, uh, investment uh, uh, here in in Sweden that would that put in some initial money to make us uh, take us all the way to a, a working prototype to see if that would would be. What a reaction would be if we had the prototype and we showed it to to some dive centers. So um, let me stop you there and just ask you. So the the period of time uh, that it took from you know those those first few dives with your children and and the idea pops into your head. What's the time range we're talking there? Two three years maybe or? Uh, yeah, that, I think that was about two years from from the first idea to to I took the step to to, to actually uh, left my job and and started the company. So lots and lots of probably late nights <laughs> researching and uh, yes. all that sort of thing, and then uh, and probably yeah. But I, I also when when I finally had an idea and I started when when I had the the basic outline and I started emailing people, I got the response was so fantastic that I I, I realized that this this has to be in the way the right way. This all right. Well, and, so. I, this uh, that we've just heard is is what led you to where we are today with uh, Aquari, which is just an amazing product. And I think everyone's kind of going like, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? So tell us what the product is, because I, I know uh, a little bit about it. I've been to your site and everything. It's it's amazing. So what we, we've done is we basically took the the smartphone concept and we we moved it underwater so you have a, a good computer with a, a big uh, oled screen the 3.7 inch which probably makes it the biggest one in the industry and um, it's um, it has a lot of different sensors uh, depth uh, temperature uh, accelerometers well there are a couple of more uh, light and some others and all of those together with a, a nice computing power a lot of memory for storing dive data and storing applications but what really makes it uh, unique is that it also connects all the units uh, underwater in a, in a net data network so all the units will share their information so you'll you will know all of the other units, depth, uh, distance, and direction using uh, using the ultrasonic uh, sound waves. And so that's what solved your ultimate uh, problem there. That the yes, mother, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. Is yes. Now I know where my kids are, and I know how much air they have, or I know where my dive buddy is. And so that's awesome. Yeah. Now it it and I mean I've been diving for the, with this or versions of this now for. Uh, a bit more than two years, uh, and you really get quite used to having it and knowing. I, 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 I test we were doing uh, two weeks ago. I, I, I landed my unit out to to another guy, and I, I just dived in my regular computer and my gauge, and and you really feel really naked when you used to know what everyone's status is, and suddenly you don't know anything. Well, and that's got to have a subtle effect on your uh, physical, uh, you know, when you're diving, I'm sure you're a lot more relaxed. You're probably getting more air because you're, there's no, you know, you're not wasting fin kicks looking for people and, and uh, you know, you just, just yeah, generally, generally no, more relaxed. I, when, if I, 
and and here in Sweden the we the visibility is really poor so when when we're diving it's uh, you you try to stay really close but of course if they're if they're a little bit two three meters behind and a few meters up or one meters up you it's I I know now that if I lose people they're probably up to the left that that's where I have a blind spot somehow so, but uh, nowadays I just look at the meters and I, I see that they have air left and I see that they're in distance, in within range, and I just leave it at that. And if I know that if they would be in problem trouble, they could just press a key and there would be an alarm popping up in the display that they need help. Yeah, that's amazing. That's certainly a great feature. So, uh, in, in starting to talk about some of those features and mentioning that it's sort of the smartphone type of platform where you have the, the great processors, the API for, uh, for apps to, to be introduced. Yes. Is that something that'll become sort of an open API? And, and if you don't know what that means, it means, uh, that not you, the people, you know, whoever's listening, yep. uh, the, you know, developers are able to come up with their own apps and, and integrate that just like they do, you know, with your iPhone or Android. We can go into the store and, you know, download the fish ID or whatever it is. Yeah, we, we're, um, uh, we will probably have uh, two or three different layers of, of uh, the API. So because this is uh, uh, such a sensitive equipment, and here in, in Europe we even have it... Uh, it has to be tested as personal protective equipment. So we have a lot of certifications and, and stuff that we need to, to go through to, to release them. So we'll, the basic functionality, like the dive computer, the depth, your gauges and stuff, you, you, you will not be able to, to play around with as a developer. But there is, uh, there will be a layer uh, which is simpler and where at least you can show data, you can share some information with other divers and so on, which which will be open and available uh, as soon as we have it fixed enough to to share. Right now, we're as we're developing and testing them, it's it seems to be be growing for with more data and more functionality and so on. So we decide to take it a bit slow to to release it. Yeah, I guess that makes uh, really good sense that you have to sort of put that uh, critical data in a vault where none of those other developers can really access that other than maybe for some read access, but no write access, I would assume. And, and then, uh, yeah. and then that way you know, can... and, and because we, you really need to be able to trust the data. And if you allow anyone, I, I mean, I'm, I don't expect anyone to, to do it deliberately, but you never know with, with, I mean, there are people writing viruses, so it's, people can do anything. Yes. And uh, so we, we need to pr- make sure that you can, you can always trust your basic data. And, but then other applications, uh, like fish ID or for, for example, would probably be perfect to, 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 uh, take help from someone else and let them do the development. And then I'm, I'm sure you have to sort of limit that as far as processing power and that sort of thing too. You don't want to bog it down. Uh, with, yeah. With no, we, we need to, uh, we of course need to um, make sure that the communication and the alarms and the other, the, your dive computing data will, will have priority. So if you, if you start something just start playing a game underwater or whatever you might <laughs> do. We actually did a, a, a version of Snake as a test to, uh, 
that we ran on one of our units. Uh, yes, just to try it. But uh, and I, we actually got requests for that for people who who were doing decompression and wanted to be able to to do something while they were hanging and waiting. Well, so. you could you could do the uh, narcosis tests on those down at the at uh, yeah you know math problems and stuff like that where you could have. Uh, well, certainly a calculator would be a great great function. I'm sure to do on there. Yeah. So and that I mean that's one of the really inspiring things here that as soon as we when we show it to people and we start talking about the, the abilities and and that there could be apps it, it takes a few seconds and then they come up with questions oh could you do this yeah I would like an app that could do this yeah that's why it, it, you just open it up as, as to some extent I guess and, and let it kind of go with it and approve what you what you decide to approve. Yeah, uh, no, I, I mean, this, uh, there, there will be um, tons and tons of, of applications that you, you could do, easily do, and that you also could uh, have be useful underwater. I mean, right now we're sort of limited to what, what we're used to, the compass, the, the console, the, the gauges, whatever. But, I mean, there, there's so much more you could do. So I, this, I mean, to me, this is really amazing. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying this, and you're as pumped up and excited about this coming to market as I am. When can we expect that this would actually be uh, in the dive shops? It would be a launch that is staged in different uh, different areas of the world. Would have different times, but so we'll start by releasing it here in Europe and. Uh, if the certification agency uh, sticks to the plans, it will be in early February we will have the certification ready. Uh, they've done a little bit more than half of the tests, and so far, so far it's looking good. But, uh, there's uh, they'll continue doing some more tests before we really know, and then we will also be doing our own internal release test, uh, which is specified to. To make sure that we have the right uh, quality of the products, which we also have planned in uh, first, let's see, first week of February, we'll do the tests. So I, I personally, I hope that we'll be able to ship them in Europe February or early March, uh, and then second quarter or something we'll we'll start shipping in the U.S. of this year. Yes, and we're in discussion with the. Some options to how to distribute them, and that's so that's still an open question. Uh, who we will we will try to find someone to work together with for to cover the U.S. in in a good way. Great. So, um, well, like I said, I'm I'm definitely very excited to to see them come out, and you know I, I think, and, and this is probably something I'm sure you you guys have uh, thought of, but I, I think it'd be a great opportunity uh, to. Uh, secure some funding to have this sort of be a, a really great tool for like your first responding divers, like the search and rescue teams and that sort of thing. Municipalities uh, that that go out. Yeah, and do this. No, that's that's uh, absolutely one on one of the things on our radar right now. We actually have a, um, another part of this system, which is uh, a buoy, which is the most the worst word I know to pronounce. <laughs> uh, but you you understand what I mean? That yes. floating device that yes. will actually connect to to your laptop and will show you 
where the divers are underwater when you're when they are out diving. So so the dive master or, or the response team leader could sit uh, on land and and note where they have been and where they are right now and if they are covering all the areas they are searching and so on. Just met a, yeah. g- a gentleman here in uh, in the U.S. on Saturday. I was at an event um, for uh, some aquanauts that had returned from their 73-day uh, underwater stay. And oh, well. uh, but this gentleman is the custodian for this really, really high-tech, expensive military-style um, technology where you have a heads-up display. So it's a, it's basically a black mask that you wear, but then you have a live-time. Uh, handheld sonar device and so it's used for really poor visibility and they were able to secure funding for this uh, for their state uh, in which they are able to use this for search and recovery finding evidence for police uh, uses and uh, you know recovering bodies right that sort of thing so you know that those kind of grants are out there that would would help these municipalities to really make that purchase from you i'm sure Oh, that's very interesting. So that's, to, uh, yeah, thanks. To put you in touch with him. Uh, I'm going to have him on the show here, hopefully, in the next few weeks, and so I'll have to give get you guys together. Yeah, please, I'd be happy to. Looking forward to that. Um, so we we have uh, production is all set up. We actually have the first. Uh, it's actually only 25 units, but we have the first one, 25 units out of the factory right now, and uh, but we we can produce. Almost well, they can produce more more units than that we can sell at the moment. I think they, they promised us to do at least ten thousand a week if we want to. So. Wow, wow. <laughs> well, hey, hopefully you'll run it run into the problem of of not being able to keep up. No, so that's um, hopefully that that will not be an issue for <laughs> us. But, um, everything we are really, we're actually extremely excited here, right? Because it's finally getting together, and we are actually uh, we're a startup. We're just uh, turning two years now, or two and a half, depending on when you start counting. But um, we're already 12 people. Again, congratulations. I mean, this is uh, amazing all around. I mean, just as a business to, to move that quickly from idea to implementation to in the market through, you know, through, through your testing and everything on a new technology, um, that's not even counting all the business stuff that you have to go through. So uh, amazing. Great job. Yeah. Uh, thanks thanks very very excited to, to see it hit the market here soon and uh hopefully in the u.s because I'd, I'd definitely love to try it out um i think it'll be a great tool for for yeah we we were at the dima show and had a, a small smallest possible booth this year and and had some great response and also some some new leads on companies that would are interested in helping us to get it to the to the u.s market so I'm pretty confident that we'll we'll be there in in by summertime you'll be able to to pick it up in the store somewhere. So speaking of summertime, uh how's the diving there in Sweden? You said it's poor visibility is it is it generally pretty cold? Well, it, it I mean it's depending on where you dive. If you if you go out to the the coasts, it's actually if you go to the east coast, which is about uh, two and a half hours from here, uh, you get it's not a lot of life, but you can find some amazing shipwrecks uh, all, all the way down to 1500s or 1600s. Uh, looking at one that that they built 1629, I wasn't there looking at it, but I was looking looking it up on the the web page now to see. And it seemed to be at, at the spot where you actually could could find it if you if you want if you want to. 
That's great. I, I love wreck diving. So that's so more so close to Norway. We get the, the Gulf Stream and you get some uh, more fishes and more life. A little bit warmer water most of the time, which in, in which is typically eight, maybe in the summertime, we get maybe 18, 20 degrees Celsius. Um, you have to do the translation for me because Fahrenheit is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to do that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so on the, on the West Coast, there is more life and on the East Coast, there are more wrecks and stuff. And then if you go, there are also some, some really nice big lakes or, and also a bunch of smaller. And the lakes are typically poor visibility. So most of the times when we do tests, we, we go to, to one of two lakes close to here. And one of them, you have like a meter of visibility. And the other one is, is quite okay. It's like uh, five, 10 meters. Well, that's great for testing though. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, speaking of that too, explain to us how the directional thing works. So if you know where your buddy is, is it just going to give you an arrow and sort of point you to that direction and give you a distance or? Yeah. So the, uh, it's actually, they, it will depend on which, uh, which app you have in it. So it's in the, in the basic list view, you get a small, a small arrow to, to on the line of the, you see the line, one line for every diver in the group. And on that line, you also see a small arrow just pointing the direction they are. And then it shows yeah. you their depth, obviously, too, I would assume. Yes. So you can just find your place so you, in the water column. Yeah. And... So you could easily see if uh, if someone is has gone up to the surface and have ended the dive already or if they if they're close to close by brilliant uh, and then there are an app with where you get a where you zoom into just one diver and you get a bigger arrow pointing at uh, at him or her so if you really are working in in strict buddy teams you can really concentrate just on your buddy yeah so you and you could uh, there's also a concept of dive groups so so the uh, the network here the underwater network or subaquatic network as we call it it's um, uh, you just jump into the water and, and it will find the network that's there and, and start sharing data over that network. And then you could be up to 70 divers in the same network without having issues. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, so one of the things we really wanted to avoid is having people having to, to spend a lot of time uh, programming and, and syncing and getting connected to the network. So you just take your console and you, you jump into the water. Of course, you're you're on your console. You already. I I have mine is called Anders, so I know that it's it's mine. Everyone who sees the data knows that Anders that's mine console. But that's basically all I have to do. And then then I jump into the water, and and whoever's in there can see my data. Uh, then also lim you can also limit it. So you can have a a dive group. So you can say, oh, we we four we are dive group one two three four five. And you enter that code, and you will only you will primarily see only your data unless someone sends an alarm then it will pop up on everyone's display so it's it's such a great concept i love it i can't wait to see it work um what about battery life and battery replacement the batteries is the standard AA batteries so they're fully user replaceable the two on the back there's just two screws you unscrew them and, and pull the and open up the, the battery hatch and, and replace them. You get about 10 hours of dive time out of uh, one set of batteries. 
So most we re- I mean we recommend that you change them every day. Uh, but if you if you are basically you could probably manage uh, almost a, a trip on a, a few days on the liveaboard or something. You could probably manage on one set of batteries. And so, what about uh, using rechargeables and that sort of thing? Is that uh, okay? Or is yeah, we, we use uh, here. We use we use uh, almost only rechargeable, uh, but you it, it takes rechargeable or or standard double A's. Uh, you can't do the lithium ones because they they are much too high power. As as long as you use the, the standard double uh, uh, A batteries with one and a half volts around one and a half voltage, it's uh, you're okay. Very and cool. if you and if you forget to charge them, you can just uh, stop by at the gas station and get four new ones, and, and you're set. That's great. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's great to use a standard uh, like that for sure. So, anything else coming up that you want to share? Do you want to share how people can find out more about it? How they can connect with you on social media, uh, that sort of thing? And yeah, we are doing our best to to update Facebook page. Uh, and we're also active on Twitter, and we have, of course, our webpage. And maybe that's the easiest thing to remember, to go into www.aquary.com, and you'll find links to both Twitter and, and Facebook from that. There you, you can also find a, a, a video, and you can find... You can subscribe to our newsletters and stuff. I think that's that's the best recommendation. Yeah, and that's uh, A-Q-W-A-R-Y dot com. And I'll, of course, put uh, some show notes under this episode where we'll have links. Uh, you know, we'll link to your Facebook and Twitter and your website, and then that way they can contact you uh, in all of those places. I'll take note of those and make sure we have those in the show notes. Perfect. And I, I mean, I could also say that we're the first batch that we are producing, the first hundred that we're producing, we, we will be, uh, we're giving a special introductory offer now, which is 599 euro for this. Um, after that period, after those are sold out, or actually what we're doing is for the first ones, we are including the, the dive computer app. And after that, we, the dive computer app will be uh, 120 euros. Okay. Um, so the price will go up a bit. And if, so if you want to sh- secure the, the, uh, the initial offer, you could go into the webpage and, and just register there to, to, to be part of it. I think there, uh, well, before Christmas time, we were a bit more than 50 of those hundred were already sold out. So I'm, but I, I haven't got the notice that they're all sold out. So we probably have some left. Great. Well, uh, you know, again, congratulations and uh, wish you all the best of luck in the world. I know this is going to be a great big hit with lots of divers and I look forward to seeing how it develops and and what sort of apps uh, come out and and, uh, how. Yeah. I mean, whoever, whatever ideas for apps and and stuff, I mean, hook up on Facebook and, and, and share them with us. It's, uh, that would be a great, great thing to have a discussion ongoing on the Facebook to see, to see, to learn more what people really want to see that they, they haven't seen so far in the dive equipment that's around. Yeah. I, we love it. And, and, uh, you can't, like I said, can't wait to see what's going to happen with it. We appreciate your time here with us today. And, uh, and yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, we hope you have a great day and get to go diving. Yeah. Same to you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Scuba Path Podcast. As always, you can go to scubapath.com for all of today's show notes and resources and to find out how you can connect with Christian and today's guest. We look forward to having you back again next time. Goodbye.